Welcome back, PG-13, and welcome back, Mellow. I'm not mad at the Celtics proving me wrong getting off to this fast start. They're 9-1. and one. They're probably number one in the NBA in offense. Kimba leading the way with 25 points a game, five rebounds, five assists. Gordon Hayward was playing great. He looked like all-star Gordon Hayward before the injury. And I hope in six weeks he can pick up right where he left off. Then you've got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, a third and fourth year players, both ascending, both taking that leap forward. Tatum looks to be a lot more aggressive this season than he was last year. And Brown always played with confidence, but this year he's being confident and he's being efficient. Both are averaging 19 points a game. This Celtics team, with their ability to shoot from the perimeter and having four guys that can put the ball on the deck, it makes them a problem. It makes them unique. I'm also impressed with a few of the surprises. I think the Miami Heat, would qualify as a surprise at being seven and four. But they're being led by young players. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and a G League pull-up, Kendrick Nunn, have all been productive, have all put up numbers. You've got Jimmy Buckets leading the way with 19-6-6. Six six. Then you've got Tyler Hero averaging 13-4-4. Four four. Bam's giving you a double-double. Kendrick Nunn, 16 points a game. And I think it's sustainable. I think this is who he is. There's been surprises in the West. When you look at what Phoenix is doing, the ball movement, how much more competitive they are on defense. You know Booker can score. You can, you can lock him in for 25 and 5. But this year, with those numbers, becomes more efficient scoring. The shot selection, much improved. The ball movement, much improved. And like I said before, he's competing. He's leading the way defensively. I like what I see when I look at Dallas. Nobody saw the Mavs being 6-5. and five. And here they are, 6-5, and five, very competitive team. And they have a legitimate MVP candidate with Luka. Right now, what Luka Doncic is doing right now is crazy. He's averaging almost a triple-double. 28 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists. He's getting it done. And then you've got Przingis, who I can't go with the unicorn thing because no unicorn is a sidekick. He's a really good player. He's a legit all-star player. But on that team, no question, Luka is that guy. Then you look at a team like the Timberwolves. In most seasons, we just write the Timberwolves off. And Andrew Wiggins, so far 11 games into this season, He's looking like the player that he was projected to be. 25 points a game. He's shooting a high percentage. He's competing defensively. And he's playing some point guard, being productive as a point guard, creating for others and himself. With Wiggins, you don't question ability. You question sustainability. If he can sustain this effort, this aggressive nature, the way he's played so far, Team that up with what Cat does every night. If Wiggins sustains this, the T-Wolves will make the playoffs. If you're the Blazers, with everybody else in the West getting better, and I'm not talking about the top of the West. I'm talking about teams like the Mavericks, 
the Suns, the Timberwolves, who are all three, six and four, you have to make a move. Everything is dependent upon those two guards. Dame is having his best overall year, and you're still struggling. CJ's averaging over 20 points a game, but his shot has failed him. He's shooting under 30% from three, under 40% overall. Both of these guards average 38 minutes per game, so there's a usage issue. And then they both take over 20 shots per game. So the load for them offensively every night is going to wear on them. The guy that averages 15 points per game, which is Whiteside, that shouldn't be your third option. That should be your fourth option. Portland is in desperate need of another player that can get them 18 to 20 a night. If they don't get additional firepower, never mind trying to match what they accomplished last season by getting to the conference finals. They won't make the playoffs. Enter Carmelo Anthony. Real talk, I was just editing this episode of The Cypher when the news broke about Melo signing the non-guaranteed contract with the Blazers. That might be one of the downsides about podcasts. Every, the things that happen in real time, it kind of puts you or your show um, in an awkward situation because you might put a show out there and then something breaks and, and you're just kind of, it seems like you're a little bit behind the eight ball. But it's kind of like real timely. I really thought Portland needed to make a move. And I'm not saying Melo's a savior. I really don't think that. But I do think he can help them. He's not going to give you 20 points a night. But is he capable of having a couple of games of scoring over 20 a night? Absolutely. If I was going to say what he would average, I'd say he'd be around 12 to 15 points per game. I think anything that can help Dame and CJ save their legs, save their bodies over the course of the season, it's a good thing. The Raptors are not a surprise team. Even with their loss last night, 98-88, to to the Clippers, the Raptors are 7-3, and three, and they're right where I thought they would be before the season began. If there's a surprise, it's that Pascal Siakam, he's been better than I projected him to be. I thought with Kawhi Leonard moving on, Siakam would have to step his game up and average around 22 points a game, 8 or 9 rebounds, and become more of a playmaker. Right now, currently, 26 points, 4 assists, 9 rebounds, shooting 85% from the free throw line, shooting 48% from the field, and 35% from three. Pascal Siakam is taking that next step. He's taking that step that people hope Jason Tatum is taking this year. Siakam, for sure, right now, he's established himself as an all-star caliber player. Then you factor in the evolution of Fred Van Fleet, This started in the playoffs. It went into the finals. He's taken that same confidence, and he's brought it with him this season. Van Fleet, 16 points a game, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 38% from 3. Yes, I know his overall field goal percentage, 35%, isn't very good. But when you figure he only takes 13 shots a game, and 7 of those are from behind the arc, his effective field goal percentage is much more efficient. Then you've got the veteran leadership of Kyle Lowry. Lowry, 21 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. 
You've got OG Anubi. He's coming in putting up numbers. 11 points, 6 rebounds, playing great defense, the ability to guard multiple positions. Norman Powell, rock solid off the bench. Serge Ibaka, super sub, 14 points, 6 rebounds. This Raptors team, their pride, their chemistry, the culture they develop, it's continuing without Kawhi. But like Boston, like Milwaukee, the injury bug has hit the Raptors as well. The true test now for them, like the other two, is depth. Kyle Lowry is going to be out a couple of weeks. Sergi Baca is going to be out three to four weeks. How they get through these next few weeks without two of their key contributors is going to say a lot about this Raptors team. But Nick Nurse is probably the most underrated coach in the NBA. And Siakam's an all-star caliber player now. Who's to say he won't rise to, to the level of a legit superstar player? He seems to want it. He's got that it about him. The culture that they developed in Toronto that happened, or should I say started, a few years back, that's not going away. They develop talent through the G League. They scout at a high level. And they've got a young core that's going to be there for years to come. This Raptors team, even without Kyle Lowry, minus Serge Ibaka, I think they're going to sustain the level of play that they're doing right now. I think when all said and done, they're still going to be one of the top three teams in the East when they get Lowry and they get Ibaka back. When they're 100%, and I'm going to put it out there right now, when they're 100%, do not be shocked if the Raptors return to the conference finals. If you're a fan of parody, ask and you shall receive. In the Atlantic Division in the East, the Celtics are 9-1, Raptors 8-3, Sixers 7-4. In the Central, Bucks 7-3, Pacers 7-4. And then in the Southeast, the Heat are 7-3. Where it gets crazy is in the West, because the West is so loaded. In the Northwest Division, the Jazz are 8-3, the Nuggets are 8-3, T-Wolves 7-4, Clippers are 7-4 in the Pacific, Houston's 8-3, the Mavs and Suns are both 6-4. And, and then you've got the Lakers at 9-2. And, and I know people are extremely high on the Lakers. And look, as a Laker fan, I'm enjoying the early start. I'm enjoying the fast start. I like the way they're playing defensively. But my concerns are on the offensive end. I'm wondering what's going to happen when teams load up on AD and LeBron. Because I don't see another player on the roster who can get their own shot off the bounce. Not consistently. And I like Kyle Kuzma, but he's much better as a catch-and-shoot guy or somebody moving without the ball. He's great at cutting off the ball. The struggle with the Lakers, and when you look at their losses, and even in a couple of their wins, they just don't have enough people that can beat you off the bounce. And Anthony Davis is as gifted a player as there is as far as being a big. He's giving you 26, 10, three blocks, three assists. But can he sustain this over the course of a long season? Because teams are being more physical with him and they're trying to take away his body. Smaller players are getting into him and taking away his legs. And he's already got a nagging shoulder injury. He's just not built for it. 
He he just he's one of those guys. There's some people that are Iron Man that can play forever and a day and never get hurt. And there's other guys they roll out of bed and they've got an injury. AD is one of those guys that will always have some kind of nagging injury. As an NBA fan and as a Laker fan, the hope is that he and LeBron can make it through the regular season relatively healthy, go into the playoffs at 100%. I still don't think this current roster is a championship-winning roster, but I do think they'll make a deep playoff run. Next episode, rookie and G League surprises and which veteran players could be headed to contenders. Also, we'll do Q&A. It's the Cypher. Appreciate the support. Next time. Thank you.